Well, welcome back, everybody, to Take Me to Your Reader, discussing... Well, we'll get back to that, because we're doing something different. I'm Seth. I'm James. And I'm Colin. And we've realized, and when I say we, I mean I have realized and enforced (laughs) on the other guys, that our show requires quite a bit of homework, Um, not just from us, but from our listener. Um, Because to fully, I think, enjoy our show, you have to have read the book and watched sometimes multiple movies. And so I thought it'd be cool if we got a few extra shows out here and there that didn't require that kind of homework, where we could just get together, talk about something that is exciting to us, or something that we like, in this case, some things that we like, and kind of get some feedback from our listeners and get to interact a little bit more with all you guys out there, and let you kind of get to know us better through our things that we like. So that is what we're going to do. We are calling these shows Pavement Pounders Picks. And it, but it's not just anything, though. We're not going to be talking about uh, drywall hardware. We're not going to be talking about sporting teams. Uh, we're not going to talk about Frisbee golf technology. Or, or picking your nose. Or picking James's nose. Right. Yes. Good call there, Colin. Yes. <laughs> we, we will still be sticking somewhat close to our remit. You know, we, we will talk about science fiction. We may talk about books, but not necessarily books that were turned into movies. We may talk about movies, but not necessarily movies that came from books. So we're not, we're not limiting the focus for these shows on adapted science fiction, which is our normal thing. So this lets us hit some topics that we wouldn't normally get to hit. But for this first one, we thought that maybe it would be good to stick close to our title, Take Me to Your Reader and go with science fiction books. Yay! Yes. So the idea is for us to discuss our top three science fiction books. But what does that mean? And that's what we're going to have to talk about first, because the the nomenclature there is a little bit ambiguous. And it's not an uncommon problem. You know, the the Hugo Awards and the Nebula Awards face this every year. They have to decide what they are going to consider best. The Hugo yes. tends to be a popularity contest. The Nebulas are done by a, a panel of people. It's the same panel every year, I believe. Um, for the Hugos, anyone who is going to go to the convention can nominate and vote. Uh, I think the Hugo nominations are, you have to be a member of the Science Fiction Writers Association. Mm-hmm. To do this list, you just had to be a pavement powder. So it was pretty easy. <laughs> yeah, but, you know, I actually put something out on Facebook and on Twitter asking people for their I think I asked for favorite science fiction books, uh, and we'll have to talk about where mm. does that... I think you screwed up already, dude. Yeah, <laughs> but I, you know, I wanted to get some feedback from people, and so this is the way I did it. So in future, I will be putting posts up there, kind of pre-show things, you know, a week out, a couple weeks out maybe from when we record one of these, and we'll try and get people's opinions. So if you want to stay abreast of those, follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash pavementpodcast. And on Twitter, at Pavement Podcast, and you will see when we put those kind of things out there. But, like I said, what, is, what does top mean? What does favorite mean? What does best mean? Are they the same? Colin? Well, I think that best has that connotation that it tends to be literary or generally thought of as good, whereas top or favorite tends to be much more personal. I see. So you're letting other people tell you what's best, and you're telling yourself what's favorite. Well, that's, yeah, you know, I think the original thing was best, and I kind of rejected that when I made my list, and I went favorite. Right. What do you think, James? I'd probably have to agree with Colin on that one. Yeah, I I was talking it over with my wife, actually, and um, she kind of came down on the idea that best, there's some objective thing that you're judging it by, and you're kind of judging it by all of the other ones, right? Where favorite is just personal, subjective... What favorite favorite does you. sound way more subjective than 
best, but yeah. even best could be subjective unless you define your terms. Right. And I would say if you've read enough of the ones that people would call the best, they might be your favorites. Right. And and certainly from from the feedback that I got, opinion is divided. You know, a lot like, like yeah. Malk Foy sent yeah. us his listing. He said, my favorites and best this would be the same. And so did Nick Jensen. So, and we'll get back and we'll, we'll talk about them. Okay. But so before each of us starts, maybe we could talk about what criteria we used. So Colin, do you want to say what you did? Yeah, this, this was a challenge for me because while I read science fiction, I really do prefer fantasy when I can read it. What are you doing on this podcast? I, <laughs> we, we were There's not as many fantasy adaptations. Now you got to ask what the difference is between fantasy and science fiction. Oh, well, Ooh. for that, we'll bum, go straight bum, bum. to the Brandon Sanderson series called The Reckoners, <laughs> which was the, I think we argued about that for about 21 miles, accumulatively. Yes, we did. Yeah. Orson Scott Card says that science fiction has rivets on the cover and fantasy has trees. He hasn't seen the cover art for the Uplift War then. <laughs> <laughs> it was an over oversimplification. <laughs> yeah. But okay, you you were saying you prefer fantasy. So I prefer fantasy. And so when I thought about science fiction, I went and I looked at my bookcase thinking if I bought it, I must have really liked it a lot. Hmm. And I have a lot of Star Wars books, I have a lot of Star Trek books. Uh I have 12 to 15 different authors. Some of the authors I have lots of their books. Mm -hmm. Uh but I haven't read them in a while. Uh my my number one favorite book of the year, I recently bought it. And I've read it a whole lot of times since I bought it, which tells me I liked it a whole lot. Yeah. So I kind of went with, um, you know, what am I reading a lot? When I think about wanting to read a book, what am I going to pull out of the shelf or, or pull up on my e-reader? And I, I went along those lines. Cool. James, what about you? What was your philosophy for your list? My philosophy was, what is the book I could spend the least amount of effort to read? <laughs> <laughs> so readability is is key. He picked yep. three short stories. Readability and enjoyment. I could have picked short stories if you guys said short <laughs> stories, but you specified books, so I didn't. Hey, if they made a soft cover of it, I think it would count. Oh well. So like like farewell to the master, right? We had that one in it. Yeah, it's a soft true. cover. Huh? Fair enough. I was just going to speak for you and say James just put the three science fiction books he's read. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty close. That's pretty close. Because when I was pitching this, as as we're running, I was saying, okay, let's let's do top five books. And James is like, nope, not doing it. I can't come up with that many. <laughs> so because James is lazy, we're doing top right. three. Though it does make sense. There's three of us. So You know, the problem is I read a ton of uh, like pulp fiction kind of science fiction books when I was a kid. Really oh, like, nice. you know, between probably 200, around 200 pages, softback, you know, they're like 15 cents at the bookstore. Hey, there's nothing wrong with those. I'm yeah. just saying anything wrong. The problem is I don't remember what they were. I don't remember oh, the okay. names of them. And I remember I had talked to Colin about this a while back and he had recommended, um, what did you recommend? Looking up, looking, uh, there was a, a list or was, uh, like a, a organization you said you contacted them one time describing just like the plot of the story. And yes. then they came back to you with what it was. You're like, that's it. Was it something like Stack Exchange? I thought it was. It might have been Stack Exchange. Yeah, but it's yeah, one Stack of those, Exchange yeah. for like science fiction novels, though. Yeah, and, and you post as much as you remember. In fact, I, yeah. I posted a book that I had read from the Cottage Grove Public Library in the really early 80s. And I said, yeah, it was about uh, a guy who was a scientist and his sister, who's kind of an engineer mechanic scientist, and she builds him a spaceship that ends up being able to go faster than the speed of light. And I posted it out right. there. And three days later, I had an answer. Yeah, that was freaking awesome. Yeah. <laughs> it's cool. So that's sci-fi.stackexchange.com? Mm-hmm. I'll put, I'll put a link in the show notes for that. Because people could find that useful. Yeah, it was very cool. 
Okay, so I think we're on to my list philosophy then, right? Yes. Yes. Yeah, so for mine, like, my favorite list and, and the best books I've read list would be different. Not maybe entirely different, but because um, I had kind of made a couple lists of books that I thought were really high on literary merit and other ones that were just like, I reread these all the time. Right. And so for my for my top three, I actually took representatives from both. Um, and if you asked me next week, I'd probably come up with a different three. So... But my number one entry is my favorite book. So, so two from one or one from two or one and a half I, from each? I have two that would have come <laughs> from my favorites list and one definitely that came from the, the more meritorious side of things. So that's where I came down. Okay, so now that we have kind of list philosophy out of the way, I do want to know from listeners, you know, what do you think? If, you, if I asked you to come up with top three books, what would you do? Would you do your favorites? Would you do the best ones you've read? You know, let us know um, on... On the post on Facebook, you could you could do that. I actually I'll put in the show notes. I I started a thread on Reddit asking about this, and there actually was a the lot Reddit of... thread was pretty good. Yeah, it was. The one I remember the most was the guy who explained it with the food analogy. Yeah, I like that you one had too. Your best restaurant that you'd go, you know, to celebrate once in a while type thing. Yeah, but then you had your homemade food, right? The the comfort yeah. food. Exactly. You, you'd eat it every day. Sure. Yeah. Your right. your your favorite food may not be the best food you've ever had. Right. Exactly. Okay. So as we go through the list, we're going to go, like I said, three, two, one. Normally when we introduce each other, it's Seth, James, Colin. So I say we flip the script and go alphabetical, uh, Colin, James, Seth. And if you say something on your list and somebody else has it higher up their list, let's defer kind of the discussion part of it until it gets to that person so we don't steal their thunder. So without further ado, Colin, your number three. My number three book uh, is one of the most important books in science fiction fandom. Uh, ever, because it is responsible for the entire rebirth of the Star Wars franchise. I picked Heir to the Empire by Timothy Zahn. Nice. And if you're going to read it, I highly Sweet. recommend that you read the recently released annotated edition. Uh, all the little new mar uh, notes in the margin make for awesome reading. You can read about the etheric rudder, how he <laughs> invented the name of Coruscant, and nice. all sorts of other great things. <laughs> it's, it's the book plus uh, director commentary, basically, right? Yeah. Oh, I, I love an annotated edition. For anybody out there, though, who cool. hasn't <laughs> read that and doesn't know about that book, why don't you give a little snippet? How do you not know about Aaron and the Empire? Come on. There could be people. There could be people. And I'll probably take a lot of flack from it. I'm practically illiterate and I know about Aaron and the Empire. <laughs> <laughs> what, what is it? Uh, Legends now that they've that the old expanded universe has gotten put into? Yeah. I know, no, none of that exists anymore. Right. Interesting stories no. and myths. <laughs> yeah. Colin, so lo loop in somebody. It, make a pitch to somebody about why they should read it. Okay. So it is... Uh, oh my goodness. It's, it's the 1990s and there hasn't been a Star Wars movie in 10 years. And while there are comics and a few novels have come out... Uh, six or seven of them, a lot of them written by Alan Dean Foster, mm -hmm. um, nothing new. And so out comes Heir to the Empire by Timothy Zahn, which picks up the story as Luke and Leia and Han Solo are trying to rebuild the New Republic when uh, agents from the old empire come in from the outer region, surprised to find that the emperor has been killed and wanting to make a grab for power. So it has, uh, there's a lot of good Jedi action. There's a lot of good uh, Starfighter uh, Starfighter combat. Yes. Well, I was just thinking of the Jedi action because they totally use the Jedi action in the, in the video game. Yes. Uh, the for on the Force Unleashed. Yes, the Force Unleashed. Thank you. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That bit where he tosses the uh, lightsaber and it floats around the room. It's yeah, and cool. they did that in the Jedi Outcast uh, or Jedi Knight series as well. Mm -hmm. Oh, nice. Yeah, okay. and in uh, Return of the Jedi. 
Brett huh? Vader does a saber throw. Well, knows. yeah, but it doesn't come. It's not like a boomerang. Right. Right. In, in, in the video games, it's like a straight up boomerang. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So uh, I think I read that one. When did that come out? 93, 94? I didn't look up the exact publication dates, but I believe it. Yeah. We were looking at the 20 year anniversary Early to mid-90s, a few years yeah. ago. Yeah, because I, I remember that one, like, I didn't like to read when I was in high school. And, or I guess I did a little bit in grade school, but I kind of got into a place well, where Well, you I had books in Alaska? <laughs> <laughs> yes, but they were only written on igloos. <laughs> and then, then they melted, and they were very, very ethereal. Um, etheric rudder, there we go. The etheric rudder. Um, but, like, one thing that I would read was Star Trek novels. And, and so then along comes this Star Wars novel. I'm like, Star Wars, cool, you know? Right. And I, I loved the idea of picking up the story down the line, showing where everybody was and, and, you know, showing Luke trying to become a greater Jedi. It was awesome. Yes. So, and it's a trilogy. That, that would be a right. good thing to say. It's yeah. very appropriate. Yeah. It's book yeah. one of the Thrawn trilogy. Mm-hmm. I have another trilogy from Timothy Zahn called the Conquerors trilogy. It's really good. Mm-hmm. So it's not on my list, but right. it is good. So James, what do you have? My number three was actually Jumper. Really? Yeah. That is, that is a recent uh, acquisition for you, isn't it? Uh, yes. Yes, it was. And, and, but my reasoning is because, so I reread it for the podcast. Mm-hmm. It's one of two books I've ever actually reread. Nice. And um, I couldn't put it down and I read it in an afternoon. And that's the, that is a world record for me. I've never read a book that quick. Yeah. That is high praise from, from Mr. James. And that is a good one. Uh, And of course, you can go back and listen to that one because we covered that one on the podcast. Yeah. Another reason why it was my favorite is because basically the teleportation is on my top three list of superpowers. It's number two, actually. Right. What's number one? Telekinesis. Oh, okay. Telekinesis, teleportation, then precognosis. Precognosis? Precognition. Or precognition. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) I can give you a prognosis. (laughs) It's a great book. I enjoyed it too. It was on my yes. my list of books that I, I made a, a spreadsheet and I said, okay, I'm going to pick from this to make my favorites. And it, right. it was on there. I've read it several yeah. times. I enjoy reading it. Yes. Uh, I, I hate some of the things that he has to go through in the beginning of the book. Sure. But Right. Sure, sure. Yeah. See, that's not even my favorite of that series because I like Reflex better. But um, but right. I do love that book. It's, it's but, good. Yeah, Got to start out with the first one. And, and for the, those reasons, that was that was why I picked it. Because, you know, the, the rereading thing. I haven't reread the other ones yet. So Yeah. Uh, for the record, I'd go teleportation number one on superpowers. Because yeah. it, because flight has always been the one that I wanted. But teleportation right. really get, buys you almost everything useful with flight. Yes. Especially yeah. if you've read Impulse. Yep. Which I know you have. So, Okay, number three on my list. I have another one that we have covered on the podcast. I, Robot. Oh, it's a good so one, too. This is, um, you know, Asimov, so it's quite classic, right. uh, very influential book, I think. Um, and it's one that I have come back to again and again. I've read it a number of times. I've listened to it several times. The audiobook is quite good. And if you want to hear more about that, you can listen to our podcast episode about that one. Um, you guys have anything else to say on that one? That was also on my list. And I think it would fall under the category of not only potentially a favorite for many people, but also as best. Right. So we are back to Colin then to talk about his second entry. Number two is a favorite of mine from the 2000s, and it is Sentenced to Prism by Alan Dean Foster. Uh Uh, I have a whole lot of Alan Dean Foster books, science fiction, fantasy, uh, love reading them, love rereading them. And so I, I thought, you know, I really should pick one of his books to be in my top three. And that's the one I picked because I think out of any of them, more than the Pippin Flink series, 
more than the Humanx War, more than the, several of the African-based books that he has done, it is the one I reread the most. And I when I lo- when I talk about other books that I want to loan to people, and I've loaned it to each of you, it's the one that I loan. I never read it though. You didn't, oh. slacker. What? Why don't you uh, tell everybody what that one's about? Because it was one I had never heard of, even though you had lent it to me. Oh, well, okay. Sentence to Prison begins to ask the question, which is pretty common science fiction, I think, which is what defines a person versus uh, something that we can exploit? And it comes up in the context of uh, silicon-based life forms on a planet. Huh. Uh, there is a specialist, Evan Orgel, who is sent to the planet because the company that he works for has found uh, a silicon-based life form. It looks like a little jeweled bracelet, but it's alive. It, it feeds hmm. on body heat and it converts that to electricity. And so if someone who isn't the owner tries to touch the, the bracelet, it gives him a shock. But he looks at the bracelet really closely and sees there's two little blinky eyes. And so they want him to go to the planet because the expedition they sent there has gone dark. So he wants to see, well, do they have a technical problem or something else has gone on? And really, you get this great introduction to other concepts of, of life and intelligence. And it, hmm. it's a good read. Cool. Well, yep. that, I, I guess I'm going to have to add that to my list. James, you've read that one, right? Yes. So I'm the only slacker here. Yeah, I would agree. Isn't this the one that you had said you want to uh, write a screenplay for? Yes. Yes. It sounds like it would be hard to write <laughs> well, or hard to adapt. Uh, I don't I don't think it would. Okay. And uh, we had the discussion, you know, do you go yeah. slavishly faithful or do you say this is a great idea and how do I run with it? I yeah. think you could be slavishly faithful to this book and have a good movie at the same time. Out, out of all the books and adaptations we've done, I think this one could rock it if we actually knew how to write a screenplay. <laughs> all right. I think I might have to put that one on my list for next year. Yep. Yeah. If for nothing else, just to give us uh, something that we can all three talk about instead of just two of us. Yep. <laughs> yes. Well, and the other thing about Alan Dean Foster, and I don't think his writing is uh, overshadowed by this, but he's also known for doing movie adaptations. Right. Lots and lots and lots of movie adaptations. In fact, he's writing the yeah, movie adaptation cool for Star Wars 7. Cool. Yeah, he did the movie adaptation for uh, Last Starfighter. Mm-hmm. It was rad. Yes. Yep, and for, uh, what was the one that I was getting you guys to do last Krull. year? Krull. Krull. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. He also did a bunch of Star Wars novels. Uh, excuse me, Star e- Trek novels. Star Trek novels. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, think, I think that's the only stuff that I've read from him is Star Trek novels. Wow. Right? You haven't read any of the Star Wars novels? Um, which one? Did he write Splinter of the Mind's Eye? He did. Yes. Okay, I, I think I read that one, but I'm not certain. Oh, yeah. Back and and I have read stuff. the novelizations of the of the original trilogy. Mm-hmm. All right, uh, on to James then. My number two. You'll like this one, Seth. It was Ender's Game. Oh, it is Ender's nice. Game, I should say. Sweet. So Ender's Game ranks as the first book I've ever reread. <laughs> nice. One of, one of the few. One of the few. And so that, that makes it my uh, number two. But that's one of the reasons it makes it number two anyway. I don't know. I think I, I liked it overall because it was another one of those books where I got sucked into the universe, couldn't put mm-hmm. it down type thing. Uh, well written. I liked the I liked the characters. I enjoyed the the whole plot of the book and the subsequent books after it, really, because I read a bunch of those too. Yeah. Yeah, it's a good start to a great universe. Yeah, that... That that book is one of my runners up. It was one of the ones that if if I just went on favorites, I probably would have had to include it because I've I've probably read it four or five times and I've listened to it probably six or eight times. Right. So because I own that's one I own in um, hardcover on the Nook and in audio. Oh, nice. It's a good one. 
We're, we're going to have to cover that one at some point because uh, that adaptation yeah. needs to be talked about. Yes, it does. <laughs> that adaptation needs a good talking to. <laughs> uh, Colin, anything else to say on Ender's Game? Uh, it's also on my list of favorites. Nice. I've, I've read and reread Ender's Game several times. James, when did you first read that one? About 2002. Okay. 2000, something like that. Okay. Yeah. So it wasn't wasn't one that we made you read. No, 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 no. I, I brought that whole. I brought that uh, Ender, Ender's game and the Shadow series was with me underway on deployment. Oh, nice. Yeah. So I read that Ender's game, Ender's Shadow. Uh, I have Shadow not read any books while underwater. So <laughs> I got you beat. Uh-huh. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. That's also when I happened to read the Hobbit and the Lord of the Rings trilogy. Okay. So entry number two for me is Blindness by Jose Saramago and. This is one that was less a favorite and more on kind of the, it's just an incredible book. It is one that I have reread. I've read it a couple times. Um, I still, I own it on the Nook, and so I'm sure I will reread it in future. But one of the things about this book that makes it so interesting is the style, um, because Jose Saramago does this kind of, I don't even know how to describe it. He doesn't use punctuation the way normal writers use punctuation. And so you might read two full pages, and they're not be a period at the end of any of the sentences. And it's almost sort of stream of consciousness. There, there's no paragraph breaks. There's no quotation marks where you would see to set off um, dialogue. And in this particular book, the idea is uh, there's an outbreak in this unknown country of what they call the white blindness, where people all of a sudden can't see, but they don't see dark. They see bright white. And the government comes in, overreacts, starts to put people into quarantine wards, and it goes all Lord of the Flies. And the interesting thing with this one is none of the characters are named with proper names. They're named by a characteristic that you that you got from them when you first introduced the character. So you have the first blind man and the car thief and the doctor and the doctor's wife and the girl with dark glasses and the man with the black oh, eye wow. patch. <laughs> and it it kind of it sets everybody at one remove and i think it's to to kind of pull you into the the world of blindness and not being able to know who everybody is and right. um and and the way the the writing works too without the the offsets for the dialogue kind of makes it confusing and it doesn't always attribute who's actually speaking and so you have to you have to kind of get it from context and at times it's a little confusing but it doesn't it, at least to me it didn't hamper the readability of it um, also worth, worth noting that, uh, Jose Saramago actually has won the Nobel prize for literature. So wow. that's my, that's my, my only <clears throat> Nobel prize cool. winning author that I've read. So yeah. And, and blindness would be an interesting one to do on the podcast because it did have an adaptation. And the, the way I found out about the book was I saw a trailer for the film and the film has Mark Ruffalo and What's Julianne the film Moore. Called? Blindness. Oh, the same thing. Same yeah. name. Right. Yeah. I've never heard Shocking. of it. So. Yeah. And, and I, I saw the trailer for it and thought, well, that looks interesting. And I looked up the movie and because I never saw it come to theaters. Right. And I don't know if it was an American production or, or something else, but um, huh. but I looked it up, found that it was a book. The library had the book and I picked it up and just thought it was totally engrossing. So I definitely recommend it. Um, Colin, did you read that one? I did not read that one. My running partner okay. said it was full of sex and violence and a little it, over the top. So I skipped it. It does have a little bit of that, yeah. It, but I think I picked it up when it was a uh, couple bucks from the Nook store. I think it's amazing. So Cool. I, I remember when, when I read it, actually, I was looking around for other people's thoughts on it because I thought, wow, this is amazing. And I, I found a review of it on somebody's blog that said, this may be the book, the best book that I'll ever read, which I thought was oh, pretty wow. high praise. <laughs> True. So, okay, we are to number one. 
Number uh, one. To Colin. Dun, dun, dun. My number one book uh, is a rags to riches story for the author and a recent podcast. It is The Martian by Andy Ware. Wow. Nice. Uh, I bought, Very high praise. Yeah, I bought the book Dang. a while ago. I've read it five times. <laughs> that, Whoa, that still wow. blows my mind. Dude. And I still like reading it every <laughs> single time. All wow. the details, all the smart-ass comments. Uh, love it. Eat it up. Now, is that... Is there something in particular about that one that just, is it just a combination of factors or is it just that, wow, that's awesome. It's hard science fiction. I love it. It's yeah, it's hard science fiction. And you know, I normally, I I love a good Jedi fight with blasters and spaceships and lightsabers like the next guy. Obviously. Um, But yeah, you just, you get, you get sucked into liking Mark so early and identifying with him and, you know, going along with him in this, this journey to stay alive and try and get off Mars in one piece. Nice. Just love it. Well, I think, yeah, each of us has at least one former podcast, prior podcast, and on our list. So, good job, everybody. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I, agreed. Martian is awesome. That was a tough call for me, too. I had that one on, on oh, yeah. my list for, for a second. Okay. <laughs> well, what, what do you have, James? <laughs> uh, my number one was Colin's number two, Sentenced to Prison. You were supposed to, you were supposed to interject there so we yeah. could save the conversation for, for you. Yeah, now he right. totally stole your thunder. It'll come back around. So, so what do you like about it so much? So that we can try and convince people like Seth to read it. Yeah, convince me to read that one, James. Right. Um, well, first of all, I thought it had an awesome story arc for Evan, the main character. Because he's, he's a super douche in the beginning. And then he ends up being like totally awesome at the end. Like pretty much defending the silicon life forms that they want to take advantage of. Hmm. Um, Are they made of unobtainium? Fortunately, No. <laughs> And there's a part in the story where they make him starship or not starship, uh, stormtrooper armor. Oh, so that yeah. was cool. Oh, nice. Okay. Um, it's it's got that man versus man versus nature element that the Martian had in it that I really liked. The exosuit that he's in goes berserk and he busts it and he has to survive outside of all the man-made technology given to him. He's got a he basically has to work with these sen- these sentient silicon beings to survive, and he learns all this stuff about them. And I thought it was a great story from that perspective. Yes, yes. I like it. Hold still while I try and thread this into your ear. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and all the stuff that, yeah, all the stuff that Alan Dean Foster has happened to this guy, it was just like super cool. It was fun. Nice. And I had, I had a hard time putting that book down. Um, I was, you know, I could totally see this book being a great movie and all, all the different aspects I like of it. So, yes. Cool. All right. So it's down to me then. So, for my number one, I have Speaker for the Dead from Orson Scott Card. Uh, so, this is the sequel ooh. to Ender's Game. Uh, it has been my favorite book for a number of years. Um, probably not since I first read it. It was one of those ones I kind of stumbled upon by accident. I was uh, walking through the library in the books on tape section. Yeah. <laughs> Real tape. Because that's how we rolled. And actually, oh. that wasn't all that long ago. So <laughs> tapes were not the medium of choice at that point. But I had a car with a tape deck. So, you know, what are you going to do? Oh, fair enough. And uh, and I was walking past there and I saw a sequel to Ender's Game. And I'm like, I didn't know there was a sequel to Ender's Game. When I started listening to Speaker for the Dead, I thought, well, this isn't connected to Ender's Game at all. And... You know, for anybody out there who hasn't seem read like it, it for sure. right? It's it's a very different book. It's not it's not the same style in any no. way. Um, it's it's just it's a more mature book. It's a deeper book. It's more philosophical. And uh, if so anybody more boring, you could make that argument. My son actually <laughs> did make that argument because he started reading it and then quit. Um, and I told him, I told him, you know, this may be one that you're not ready for yet. 
And I'm sorry, Seth. I started trying to reread it and quit. I oh, have really? read it before. Yes, I read it. I read it. I don't know what, 15 years ago now. And again, again, underwater. I was maybe that's what helped. I was under. I was 500 feet underwater. Oh, okay. I could read this book. Okay. Well, I, <laughs> what else you gonna do? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I think I've read it three or four times actually, and this is another one that I own. I I bought it on in paperback. Then I upgraded to hardcover. Then I bought it for my Nook, and then I bought the 20th anniversary. Um, I guess it was 20th anniversary Ender's Game, and then whatever version of Speaker for the Dead that came out at the same time from Audio Renaissance. And it's, if anybody's out there and you think, well, you know, a sequel to Ender's Game, I'd give that a shot. I will recommend that you take it in on audio first, because that's the way I did it. And it's just a tremendous audiobook. At the end of Ender's Game, the last line of Ender's Game, you know that he, he has precious cargo that he's trying to find a place to put. Right. And the last line of the book is, he looked a long time. Speaker for the Dead kind of picks up that and and talks about as he nears the end of that journey. And it has some amazing science fiction in it, too, with the interesting life cycles on the planet where they end up. And, uh, yeah. Descalada. I haven't read it in, like, three years, and I need to go and read it again. So, to reconfirm, Colin, your three were Heir to the Empire. Heir to the Empire. Sentence to Prism. Sentence to Prism. The Martian. The Martian. And then, James, you had Jumper, Ender's Game, and... Sentence to prison. Correct. So those are our lists, and we would definitely welcome if anybody wants to add their feedback on the post. There will be a post on Facebook and on Twitter. You can go up to the post on the actual website and leave your list there if you like. We won't be able to read it out for this show, obviously. We do have some other people's lists that I'd like to go through. But in future, you know, we definitely will add your feedback to our recording if you send it to us in a timely manner. So I put out two posts on, on Facebook. One was kind of what what are your top three favorite slash best books that you've read? And, you know, what, what is your criterion for judging them? And so I, I got some answers from both things. And so when, when people actually did list both, I, I have included them here. Some of the people didn't, but that is okay. So in particular, Michael Simshauser um, mentioned that he looks for a quality of writing, originality, and ability to lose yourself in the book, which, James, that kind of sounds like one of yeah. your criteria, right? The, the last two. Yeah. The quality of writing I can forgive as long as I can read it. Oh, okay. But the uh, originality and losing yourself, thats that was my favorite part about probably Sentence to Prism. That's, yeah, that's... It might not have been original, what... but it was original to me, and I really enjoyed it, so... Um, so his list is Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, Stranger in a Strange Land, and The Time Traveler's Wife. Now, I, I gave him a hard time on Facebook and asked if we were going to have to uh, <laughs> ask for his man card for, for putting that last one on there, but, but he, he said it's a great book, so... I think um, Emily's actually read that book. Yeah, yeah. She said uh, she cried throughout like the most of it. I think it has an adaptation. <laughs> we could we could do it. That is true. Yeah, we could. Colin, you want to do the next one? Yeah. So that's, is that's this, my sister? Is yeah, your sister Megan. Megan mm -hmm. says she based her list on degree of awesome, rereadability, and engaging characters. So nice. a lot of the same things that James and I picked as well. Yeah. So her number one is the Andromeda Strain. That's a good uh, one. By Michael wow. Crichton, and that's that's a great nice. story. And, that's a quick read too. And Ender's Game for number two. And then as for number three, she has a tie. She says, if Dean Koontz counts as sci-fi, I want lightning here. Otherwise, The Invisible Man. Nice. And, and I, I find read it, both of those, yeah. and I would put lightning ahead of The Invisible Man. But I, I, I would as well. I find it interesting that all three of her picks are adapted. That is interesting. Yes. Yeah, I have, uh, oh, I think you have my collection that has The Invisible Man on it, right? I think I do. It's in that classic, classic uh, Universal Monsters 
set. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, that's right. And I, I have yes. to take a step back. Lightning is not adapted yet. True. But it's yeah. begging for a great adaptation. It really is. It's one of those ones that I'm like, why not make a television series out of that one? That'd be awesome. So I, here's the challenge, right? If you haven't read Sentence to Prism, mm-hmm. James has not read Lightning. Ooh. It's true. Actually, I think you loaned it to me, Seth. <laughs> oh, did I? Uh, yep, I see it on my bookshelf. That's right. I remember seeing it on your bookshelf. Yep. So yeah, and if I if we had a list of books that that wanted to be adapted, Lightning would be on my list. Yeah, I I have that as a potential list for us to to cover. So, so you loaned it to me after we read uh, Odd Thomas. Odd Thomas. Thank oh you. yeah, Odd Thomas was was a runner up for me because that's one that I've reread a number of times. Yeah. That was a good one too. But I wasn't quite sure that I categorized it as science fiction. It's paranormal. You think he's hallucinating? It's it's genre fiction anyway, in in some way. So I'm not sure. Right. I'm not sure. It depends on your definition of science fiction. If it's a wide umbrella, then then yes. Okay. So then uh, Roger, Roger Cousineau of the Geek Likes. Uh, he didn't give us any criteria, but he put Dune, iRobot, which I, I obviously agree with. Mm-hmm. And then for his third <laughs> list, anything by Ray Bradbury. I know I'm cheating, but he's so good. <laughs> so, That's true. He is yes. awesome. And on that note, you should go back and listen to our episode on A Sound of Thunder featuring Phil Nichols, because that was a good episode. And I will say Dune was another one that was that was close to making the cut. But it's one that I haven't really reread that much. It right. took me a couple tries to finish that one. And that's one we're going to have to get James well and good <laughs> good, good, and truly drunk to- yeah, I'm surprised you even thought of that one, given all the, the flack I've heard of it from you. Yeah. <laughs> it, it's a tremendous book. So Fair enough. All right. Yeah. In, in the same way that Lord of the Rings was a tremendous book? Yeah. So this is from Malk Foy. He said this is favorites. His favorites and best list would be the same. And uh, these are these are great science fiction books that you may or may not have heard before. And uh, But based on the authors, it's worth your time to go and read them. So his number one is Echoes of the Great Song by David Gemmell. Uh, number two is American Gods by Neil mm-hmm. Gaiman. And his third one is The Hyperion Cantos, which is actually, I think, four books... Yeah. All by Dan Simmons. Uh, and I've read the first two of those, and they are phenomenal science fiction. Really good stuff. The kind that makes you sit and chew on it and think a while. And then we have Nick Jensen, who joined us for our Starship Troopers podcast. And he, he also says his favorite favorite list and best list would be the same. And he has Dune, Ender's Game, and Pandora's Star, which is one I haven't heard of. Yeah, I hadn't either, which is odd. Well, you know, I kind of went into this figuring that I would get at least one book that I needed to look up and, and maybe add to my to-be-read list. So so I'm definitely going to look up that Echoes of the Great Song and uh, Pandora's Star. I, I have and heard of it. And Sentence to Well, yeah, I, I already said that. I'm on record <laughs> as saying I, I'll read that one in 2016, okay? Oh, okay. You, you know, I I really struggle with, with to-be-read lists because I feel they constrain my reading. My... my my thought on that is nobody tells me what to read, even if it's me. Nobody puts Seth in the corner. Exactly. Yes. So, <laughs> but I think I can. I think I can get through one book on a to-be-read list. That will work. Uh, I wanted. To, I wanted to run through a couple of runners-up that I had that I wanted to mention. Uh, one of them is *The Last Babylon*, which is one that Colin, I think you read for the first time this year. Yeah. And it was. It was one that my wife read in high school, and it's a classic of the nuclear post-apocalypse. Um, that's. You would almost put it in hard science fiction, though it's not about the science fiction part so much. It's more about the struggle of the people in this town outside of a major area that got nuked um, in the 50s. And, and it's written by a former CIA analyst. And so, you know, he knew his stuff. Um, it's a good story. You know, there are people that would argue that real science fiction isn't about 
the science. It's about True. the people and the stories that come out of the, the science and the situation they're in. Ooh, see, that reminded me of character-driven science fiction and, and a book like a book like Wool would, would have been high on my list if I would if I would have been on that criteria. I also had The Road, which is one that I may never read again. Oh, really? <laughs> but I loved it. I just thought it was tremendous. It's just so bleak. But, you know, and, and it's, you know, it's the story of this father and his son making their way through this desolate world. And is there any hope? We don't know. Um, but, you know, as the father of a son, it just totally connected with me. So Too bleak. Did you have any, uh, either of you guys have any honorable mentions you wanted to mention? Definitely The Martian. That nice. was on, that was almost on my list. Colin, anything any uh, anything that you it it really pained you to not have it on your list? Uh, a, the Old Man's War universe from John Scalzi. Oh, nice! Great, good science uh, fiction, enjoyable, funny. Uh, again, really makes you think about some things. And then uh, a book from high school, Rogue Bolo by Keith Laumer. Is that a post-apocalyptic western? Nope. Oh. Nope. It, Bolo is the name of uh, an, an AI tank. Okay, well, we are pretty much wrapped on our list, yes? I think so. Yeah. So, as I said, you know, leave us your lists if if you weren't one of the, the lucky few, uh, the band of brothers and my sister, um, <laughs> that, that made the list this time. Um, you can leave us your list. And, you know, if there's something just incredibly awesome, we might loop it in on our, on our next one of these that we do. But we also would love to have your suggestions for top threes that we could do. Um, I have assembled a pretty extensive list of things that I'd like to do or um, that I could come up with at least three things for. Um, really, the limiting thing will be is, can James come up with top three? <laughs> right. um, but if we move into movies, I think, I think you're a little more well-equipped yeah, to, to do true. this. I think, I think books was the, the one to get out of the way. Well, we could do fantasy books. Then we'd rock your world. <laughs> yeah, you guys would crush me because yeah. I... No, I could, I could come up with three. Um, but I haven't okay. read nearly as extensively as you guys have. Right. So, but yeah, send us your ideas for it. And, you know, if you send me a list for, hey, can you guys do top three, whatever, send me your list because then if we cover it, we've already got your right. your input. Um, and you can send that to feedback at pavementpodcast.com or you can go up to the website pavementpodcast.com and there's a contact form there. You can send us your list that way or on any of the socials. You can do that. And that would be awesome. Also, it would be nice to know what you think of this kind of show because this is the first one of these that we've done we don't have to do anymore we can if we want to because it's our show our rules but <laughs> i would like to know if there's anybody out there who's like yeah that was cool i'd love to hear more so if you have that kind of feedback for us or really any other kind do go ahead and get get a hold of us i'm sure there probably were people who tuned into this episode expecting for it to be our frankenstein episode because <laughs> you know halloween wasn't right. that long ago but as we mentioned uh i think when we were doing our iron giant that, that they moved the movie release date out. And so right. it comes out over Thanksgiving weekend. And the fact is, we're not going to be able to probably get together on Thanksgiving weekend and record a show and get that out anytime right. very, very quickly. So we're looking at one or two weeks into December before you're going to hear from us again. And so we wanted to jump on the airwaves again and, and say, hello, Frankenstein is still coming. We will do that. Well, I will leave you with our uh, book list blessing, modified Pavement Pounders blessing. So until next time. May the road rise up to meet you, and may your to-be-read list not get too long. Bye, everybody. Cheers. Okay. He's <laughs> drunk. <laughs> yeah. I'm not drunk. I might be buzzed. A little bit? Hey, we've missed you, Jimmy. Colin, you still with us? I'm still with you. Okay. We're going to have an audio interruption here shortly. Oh, is the garage door opening? Yes. Aha! Uh -huh. I hear the sound. Say hi, Kathy. 
Hi, Kathy. Hi, Kathy. I think he was talking to her. Oh. No problem. My hands are full. I can't be quiet. You're ruining my chance to be a total <laughs> dick, dude. <laughs> it has a lot of things you like about Star Trek. There's a lot of action. Uh, Star Wars. Star Wars. Th- did I say Trek? Yeah. Oh, boy. <laughs> <laughs> reel. No, I was asking if you had it further up your list, meaning toward the top. Number two or one? Yeah. No. Okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. For a second there, I thought you were confused. <laughs> yeah. yeah. For a second, I was trying to figure out if up your list was some kind of veiled insult or something. <laughs> it might up your have list, been. buddy. <laughs>